Welcome. You're listening to Strength for the Hour, the radio outreach of Fruit of the Vine Ministries in Louisville, Ohio. We're passionate about strengthening you with deep truths from the Word of God and bringing hope to the world through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, My words are spirit and they are life. So may you experience new life from this message today by John Davison. About two years ago, we began a study on the Holy Spirit. And in that study, which uh, you can find on our YouTube channel and uh, also on our podcast, in our study, we dove deeply into the Holy Spirit, really understanding the power of the Holy Spirit, becoming intimate with the Holy Spirit, hearing the Holy Spirit, listening to the Holy Spirit. And again, that was about two years ago. Well, about a year ago, uh, in the midst of that study, right in the middle, um, I was landed in the book of Ephesians. So I was kind of doing two studies at one time. I was intimately studying the Holy Spirit. As I was studying the Holy Spirit, Father really highlighted, Holy Spirit really highlighted the book of Ephesians to me. And so since that time, I've really had a, a burning on my heart to really dig into the book of Ephesians because the book of Ephesians, it, it really talks about your inheritance, There's four things about the book of Ephesians that we need to know as believers so that we can live strongly in Christ Jesus. And there's four words that the Holy Spirit gave me. That's faith, conduct, identity, and power. Within the book of Ephesians, these four, these four topics, these four things are very extremely highlighted to the Christian. It helps us to understand exactly who we are how to have faith and and what to even have faith in. How do we have faith without understanding the promises of God? So it builds our faith, our conduct. It really deals with the lifestyle of a Christian, really who you're called to be, the new life, the born-again experience for a believer, and then the power of the Holy Spirit, how we walk as followers of Jesus Christ, really in the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, the book of Ephesians, get this now, the book of Ephesians is, is the first reference to the armor of God. So, so in the New Testament, so here's what's interesting. In the Old Testament, the armor of God is mentioned several times, but kind of scattered throughout, and it's only revealed in parts. But in the New Testament, in Christ, we see in the book of Ephesians that we can put on the full armor of God, and we need to understand what these things mean. Listen, I've done some teachings on the full armor of God, but I'm going to expound on that. I'm really going to do an expository teaching on what the full armor of God is so that you can actually walk in that daily. See, listen, we don't walk in, in, in a playground. We don't wake up to a playground. We wake up in this world in a battlefield. In order for us to understand the book of Ephesians, in order for understand the mindset, we have to understand the culture and the context. So this is just an introduction to the series. In order for us to understand, listen, I believe every scripture has a pretext, a post text, and an environment or a context. I, I believe that we should never, ever pull one single scripture out of the Bible and try to make it, in, interpret it uh, in, a, in, a, in an exegesis type of way or in, in our own spin and read it how we want to. The church is very guilty of doing this. And we need to have clean, clear exegesis of the text, find out what it really means in the context. So in order for us to do that, we need to start in the book of Acts. So I want to give you just a, a little bit of a background on the city of Ephesus in this introduction. And then from there, we're going to go into uh, the book of Acts. We're going to go into the first mention of Ephesus when Paul goes to, to Ephesus. And then we're, we're going to go into the book of Ephesians. And then from there, we're going to end with the letter to the Ephesians, the, the letter to the Ephesian church 
that, that Jesus gave to, to John the Revelator in the book of Revelation in chapter 2, where he warns the, the Ephesian church about the things that they've been given, the stewardship that they have now that they understand Christ and they've been given these revelations and they have the Holy Spirit. And we're going to end this teaching with now that you understand, this is what Jesus has to say to you. So I want to just give you a, a brief explanation on the backstory of Ephesus. Ephesus was a western coast, was basically, it was on the western coast of Asia Minor at, at the mouth of, of Castor River between the Caresso mountain range and the Aegean Sea. It was founded in the 12th or 11th century BC by Ionium colonists from Athens as a gateway to the vast resources of the Asia, of, of Asia basically. Um, it was eventually willed to Rome. So Rome became the, 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 the capital of, of, uh, of Ephesus. And so the Romans were the ones who, who really took hold of this land. And, and it's really interesting about Ephesus. And it says, uh, uh, Ephesus was, was one of the seven wonders of the world. At that time, there were seven wonders of the world. And in Ephesus was a temple. That temple was the temple of Artemis of the Ephesians. So this was a huge, massive temple where, where Diana or, or Artemis was actually worshipped. So this was a huge center of, of worship of, of a demonic entity, if you will. It was a, a pagan deity. We're going to really dive into the, the witchcraft and the things that Paul experienced in Ephesus and why he was so easily able to speak to the Ephesians about spiritual matters, about spiritual things. He, he was able to communicate with them regarding the spiritual things because of the worship and because of the temple and because of the things that were experienced in that time. So the temple of Artemis or Diana was, she was a, a Roman goddess. She was a multi-breasted goddess of fertility whose temple was actually one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. So King, the king of, of near Lydia, built the first temple of Artemis in about a, maybe a mile and a half northeast of, of Ephesus. It was built at the same site in the 4th century BC after having been set on fire in 365 BC. This temple was almost four times the size of the temple of Parthenon in Athens. After Paul revisits the churches of Galatia, Paul took the road through the interior, passed through the upper country going through and came to Ephesus. He arrived after Apollos had left for Corinth and entered the city probably in the summer of what most scholars agree to be 53 AD. So Paul walks into this city. He goes into, into Ephesus, if you will, and he takes us into, and, and this is where we pick up in the book of Acts. In the book of Acts chapter 18, and, and we're going to go through Acts and Ephesians and Revelation here, but I just want to give you a, a list of events that takes place. This is where we learn about the seven sons of Sceva. Now, the seven sons of Sceva, these were, these were Jewish individuals, and they were using the name of Jesus and, and trying to cast out demons, yet they were not saved. They were not born again. So this is where the first instance of demonic activity is revealed to us in Ephesus. It says that these men were trying to cast out demons in the name of Jesus. And it says the demons said, Paul, we know, and Jesus, we know, but who are you? In other words, the, the, the situation where when we first enter into Ephesus, we hear about the demonic activity 
and how the demons knew who Paul was and how the demons knew who Jesus was. And yet these individuals who were trying to use Jesus' name actually ended up being beaten almost half to death. They, they ran out naked. So this was a very demonic area and there was very demonic strongholds that were taking place. And because of what took place, it says that the name of Jesus was highly revered. It was highly feared among the Jewish believers in Ephesus at this time because of, of what they, they had heard that happened. Not even just a couple of chapters after that. Well, as soon as we get to Acts 19, and then we start talking about sorcerers that were burning their books. Again, this really highlights to us the temple worship that was taking place in Ephesus. It really highlights to us the demonic, the spirituality of that area. So when Paul goes into Ephesus and he starts founding these churches in Ephesus and he starts talking to them about their inheritance in the saints and he starts speaking to them about the power of the Holy Spirit, Paul is, is speaking to people that have already had these experiences. They've already had these experiences with the supernatural realm. They had books. They, they, they had seen people demon-possessed. They had seen people that were demonically oppressed, actually beating people up and making them run away naked. So Paul is going into what most scholars believe, the most demonic city of the day. I want to encourage you here for just a moment, because what, what, we're, what we're really talking about is we're really talking about the, the current position of most of the nations of the world. See, the importance of understanding the backdrop and understanding the sorcery and understanding the things that were taking place in Ephesus before we start this study is because we in this world right now are experiencing the same type of, of demonic strongholds manifesting themselves in the world. Let's take for, take, for example, let's discuss maybe Islam for a moment. You know, Islam is a religion of, of death. It's a culture of death. It, it promotes death. It, it promotes the drinking of the blood of one's enemies. On the battlefield, ISIS teaches this consistently, and I personally believe ISIS is the purest form of Islam. They follow both the Quran and the Hadiths. And so right now, we have a spiritual force. We have a force that's raising up that is, that is contrary, that denies the Son of God, that is trying to kill and persecute anybody who believes and follows Jesus as the Son of God and the Messiah and, and, and the resurrection. So in order for us as the church, let's just say maybe it's not as radical as ISIS. What about the, the demonic strongholds in your own personal life? Or what about the demonic strongholds in the world around you? What about your city? Are you praying and fasting for your city? Maybe you're walking around saying, man, this country is just under such demonic oppression. Man, God is just, man, he's got to be done with this. Listen, I just want to encourage you that as we go through this study, you're going to see your city around you in an entirely new way. You're going to be encouraged to understand the power that you hold, to understand the authority that, that Jesus gave us so that we can walk in our identity, so that we don't have to fear. Listen, we're going to deal with the fear of man. We're going to deal with, with casting out the fear of man that oftentimes stops the church from walking in power and actually influencing and changing the cities around them. The, changing the cities around you, it's, it's so important for you to really grasp what God is saying and, and really understand the authority Jesus gave you so that you don't get um, uh, locked in position. It says, listen, you're no longer a slave to fear. You, you've been let go of the bonds of fear. So, so don't allow what the demonic activity or the, or the drugs or the gangs 
or, or any of the sex trafficking or the, the, you know, the stripper clubs, anything in your town. Listen, don't let that stop you. We're going to learn how to not allow that to stop you from loving the people around you and manifesting Jesus Christ and how to hear and understand the Holy Spirit and the inheritance that you have to overcome these things and to spread the gospel. So it doesn't matter how demonic the city is. Again, this was the seventh wonder, one of the seven wonders of the world. One of the biggest temples to a demonic deity who later we'll see, it says, scripture says that the image of this deity, which they worshiped, fell from heaven. Get this now. It says they fell from heaven. Now, we know that Satan himself, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. So listen, we know that this is demonic in its origin. But yet Paul goes into this city. He plants a church. And then listen, it's one of the churches that Jesus writes to. In the book of Revelation, it's not just any random church. It's a church that he is, is preparing for a return for, for, for as a bride unto himself. And so today we're preparing for the exact same thing. We're preparing for the return of Christ and, and being an overcomer in this world. So back into the book of Acts, there's a riot that takes place. Now listen, Paul goes into Ephesus. He preaches in the book of Acts chapter 19 and there's a riot. Let me ask you a question. Are there riots happening in our world right now? Are you fearful of the riots that are taking place in, in the nation around us or maybe in the nation that you're in or the country you live in, maybe in your city? All the riots that are taking place. Listen, Paul, Paul was the one who started the riot because of, of preaching Jesus, because of, because of setting people free. Listen, we as believers need to move the demonic realm so badly that they need to say, Jesus, I know. Listen, my name's John. John. I know. Just insert your own name when they say that. Listen, Jesus, I know. And so and so I know. Right. We want the demons to know our name. We want them to shudder and be fearful. Listen, when Jesus went into a place, the demons fleed without even saying a word. Listen, the, 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 the demon possessed men. The demons came up to him. Have you come to torture us before the appointed time? Listen, he didn't even Jesus didn't even say anything to the guy yet. Listen, we should be so full of the presence of God so aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit and so submissive and sensitive to the Holy Spirit that whenever we walk somewhere, whenever we walk into the room, the demons go, I really hope he does not recognize me. Or and in the long-term goal, we want to hear them go, oh my goodness, here comes that individual. Here comes that Christian. We are in trouble now. So Paul ends up starting a riot and there's these riots going on. And listen, there's riots going on. Listen, you're going to have the faith and the strength and the ability, if you'll take it in faith and understand and believe the word of God, you'll have the ability to walk into these riots and love people and share the gospel, not be afraid of them. See, that's what we're learning in the book of Ephesians. We're learning about our power, our identity, how to have faith and how to conduct ourselves in this world. And then we're going to move into the book of Ephesians. We discussed the book of Acts. We're going to move into the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter one covers three different topics. It, it, it uncovers the will of God and, and actually the biblical command for, for us to understand God's will. Do you know that as believers, we are commanded, we are told to know God's will? The book of Ephesians is going to discuss how we can pray in faith by knowing God's will and standing on the promises of God so we can go from faith to faith and from glory to glory and our faith can be perfected. The second thing of chapter one is the power of God. The inheritance that we have in the saints. It says that we've been given an inheritance. Well, what does that mean? What is that inheritance that we have access to now that we're born again? Is it just salvation or is it power? 
Is it authority? Is it the ability to be an overcomer? Listen, some people are just so stuck with I'm saved and that's it that they don't realize what it truly means to be saved or what the word sozo means in the Greek. We're going to discuss what salvation actually means, what sozo actually means as we go into chapter 2, verse 8, where it talks about being saved by grace through faith. When it talks about saved as in sozo, as in healed and delivered and made whole, what it actually means to truly be saved so that you can know, am I really saved? Am I really walking in the power of the Holy Spirit? And do I really understand and live this out the way that God is calling me to live this out? Listen, you're going to be challenged, but you're going to be encouraged. And you're going to be set free from from traditions and strongholds and things that have kept you back from walking into the presence of God and walking in His will. And that's what we call the inheritance of the saints. Then from there, this topic to me is so special, especially in this time. Chapters 2 and 3 of the book of Ephesians. When we go into chapters 2 and 3 of the book of Ephesians, it actually deals with uh, racism. It deals with, you know, you're no longer a Jew. You're no longer a Greek when it comes to Christ. Yes, you still have your heritage. Yes, you still have a a, a lineage. Yes, you're still probably black in color or you're white in color or or you're Asian. Yes, those things still exist. We We don't deny those things. But we no longer look at men according to the flesh. In other words, if if my brother is black and he's a follower of Jesus Christ and he's born again, listen, there's no racism in Christ. There's no black or white, Jew or Greek, male or female, slave or rich or poor. Listen, God sees us as children when we come to Jesus. And he's going to teach us through the book of Ephesians how we can walk without racism in our mind, in our wills, in our emotions, and how the Holy Spirit is not racist and how the church is called not to be racist, how we can overcome the boundaries that that have really been built up. Listen, Jesus broke down the dividing wall of partition. The wall of partition in, in Jerusalem and Israel, where the temple was located, is where there was a separation between the non-Jewish people and the Jewish people at the temple where they could worship God. So Jesus breaks down the wall of partition to where, listen, it has nothing to do with being a male or a female. You're not separated anymore in Christ. It has nothing to do with, with being a Gentile, a, a, a pagan, or, or even a Greek or a Roman, or, or an Irish, or, 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 or an Italian. It has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with your, your heritage, because you've been brought through Christ into a brand new bloodline. So old things have passed away. Everything becomes new. And we're going to learn how to walk without racism in our hearts, and we're going to see that in chapters 2 and 3. Chapters 4 and 5 is going to talk about the new lifestyle in Christ. So we're going to deal with, really, Scripture calls us, especially in the book of James and Ephesians 4 and 5, about living the new life, about about no longer being slaves to sin, about no longer giving ourselves to the old nature, the wickedness, the, the lying, the deceit, even our lips, our lips, the way that we speak. You know, King David said, May the words of my mouth... And the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. And I want to talk about when people say, well, it's a matter of the heart. And, and I really, you know, it's, it's what some, where somebody's heart at. I really want to deal with that because the heart is important. Yes, and I get that. But, but it also says in, in the scriptures that we're going to sit at the judgment seat of Christ. And we're going to have to give a Christians. We'll have to give an account for all the deeds they've done in the body, whether good or evil. So you're going to have to give an account. There will be a judgment of the church. When we get into chapter 5 and 6, we're going to talk about home life, husbands and wives and children. Um, It's so awesome to me. I I love my wife and I love my child. I'm just really excited just to share some of my home life with you, how you can overcome in your marriage, how you two can lay down your lives for one another. Maybe you're single. Maybe you're not in a marriage yet. 
I'm going to talk about what it means to be single, and I'm going to discuss, you know, how you as a single individual, how you as a husband, how you as a wife, or maybe you're just a, a teenager, maybe you're a child, maybe you, you know, we're going to deal, how, how, are we going to, how are we going to interact with one another, and how do we understand God's will, especially if we're looking for that, that new person to come into our lives, or maybe we're in a broken marriage. We're going to talk about laying down our lives for our loved ones and, and the instructions we get in chapter 5 and 6. And then in chapter 6, we're going to discuss the full armor of God. Now, this again, remember, this is such, Ephesus is a demonic city. It is such a demonic city, and there's so many things going on, that he speaks to them about this armor, this spiritual armor, and he's talking to people who were spiritual. They had, they had, they had sorcery books. They had witchcraft. They had all of these different things. And he speaks to them in spiritual terms and talks to them about the, the sword of the spirit and, and, and the shield of faith and, and, and the helmet of salvation. We're going we're gonna to go into those and we're going to understand what that really means and how we can put those on so that we can live like overcomers and victorious every single day of our life and live this lifestyle of Christianity. And then we're going to go to the book of Revelation chapter 2 where Jesus talks to the church the Ephesus church, and he, he talks about them, and, and this is where we hear about losing our first love. In other words, he's saying, man, you guys were on fire. You guys were doing such a good thing, but you've, you've lost your first love. What does it mean to lose your first love, and how do we rekindle the fire in our hearts for Yeshua Jesus? How do we, as the church, once again, have a hunger and a fire for Jesus and really take seriously the warnings that, that we have in the book of Revelation? I I I, I I shudder to think that we've, we've so veered away from the warnings of the Bible, the warnings of the gospel. We, we've so, as the church, we've, we've walked away in, in a large sense of the warnings to the church that Jesus gave to us. We need to really understand the warnings in light of, of salvation. Listen, Hebrews chapter 5 talks about the elementary spiritual truths, the elementary truths of the gospel. And one of those things is about eternal judgments. So listen, we need to grow into maturity. We need to understand who we're called to be, and we need to understand who God is, how much he loves us, and how to walk in love, how to walk in faith, hope, and power. And we're going to do that in this series. So this series is, is going to be very exciting. It's very, very, I've, I've studied this for a year now. I feel like the Holy Spirit has released me to, to speak this, and I'm just thanking God for the grace, and I'm just thanking God that you'll join me on this, and you'll be strengthened and encouraged in your faith. So just pray with me real quickly, okay? Father God, we just thank you for the Holy Spirit, Lord. We thank you for the Ephesus church, God. We thank you for the Apostle Paul who went into Ephesus and he went into this demonic city, this city of strongholds. With all the riots and with all the things going on around us in this world, we need to understand, Father, this faith. We need to understand this power that we have in the saints. We need to understand who you are and your will. And we thank you that you've given us your word. You've given us this example of the Ephesus church and you've empowered us and you've taught us exactly what we need to know so that we can be overcomers in this world. Father, we just honor you. We love you. We reverence you. And church, I just encourage you, listen, don't be afraid of what's going on in the world around you right now. We are to be salt and light. Listen, light drives out darkness. Light is not afraid of darkness. Listen, nobody ever said to turn up the darkness or to turn on the darkness. What do they say? Turn on the light. Jesus said that we need to keep our lamps, our wicks trimmed and our lamps burning. We need to be lights in a dark place. We need to be salt. Salt is a preservative. It preserves what's going on. It, 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 it stops decay. 
How do you stop decay? If you don't put salt on the meat, the meat decays. Listen, if you don't become the salt, okay, if you don't become the salt that gets put on the meat, uh, gets put on your community, that, that engages your community, that engages these riots in the street, that, in, that engages what's happening in your area, listen, then, then it's just going to continue to rot because you're supposed to be, you're called to be, you're empowered to be the salt of the earth. We're going to learn this. Listen, we're going to become this. Listen, the Bible is not just a book for you to memorize. The Bible is the word of God for you to become. Listen to what it says. It says that Jesus was the word made flesh. And we are to become conformed to the image of Christ. So that means that we too are to become the word made flesh. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Church, this is our time. This is our time to rise up, to show the world faith, hope, and love. And the only way that we can do this is through loving, through serving, and through forgiving. Jesus is waiting for us to take up our cross, deny ourselves, and follow him. And we're going to learn how to truly be disciples of our Lord and Savior. So I bless you. I thank you for taking this journey with me. I'm so excited. So excited to hear your comments and your testimonies. Write us, and there's some information at the end where you can actually get a hold of us and tell us how this teaching is impacting your life. This is John from Fruit of the Vine Ministries. God bless you, and shalom. Thank you for joining us for this broadcast of Strength for the Hour. Our hope is that you have received rest, revelation, edification, sanctification, and truth. To learn more about this ministry and to be further strengthened in your faith, you can visit us at our website, www.fruitofthevine.wix.com forward slash fruit of the vine. There you'll find a link to our Facebook and YouTube. If you'd like to send us a letter, please write to Fruit of the Vine Ministries, P.O. Box 222, Louisville, Ohio, 44641. And for a final word of encouragement, here again, is John Davidson. Thanks, Alex. You know, God anointed the New Testament writers and the Holy Spirit spoke through them and says this in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4 and verse 12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And Jesus says this in the book of Revelation, chapter 3 and verse 8. He says, listen, I know your deeds. See, I place before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Well, praise God, brothers and sisters, that the word of God was able to penetrate into our hearts today and that the Lord gave us strength through his message as he spoke the word through his word by his Holy Spirit to you where you're at in your home and in your atmosphere. So I just thank you so much for taking your time and listening to the Word of God with us today. We hope that you've been blessed, encouraged, and strengthened by the Word of God. So thank you so much. God bless you and keep you in His perfect peace. In Jesus' mighty name, Shalom. Shalom.